morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to the conclusion of our series entitled Habits. So real quick, we've spent a little bit of time on this in past weeks. How many of you have the habit of chewing your fingernails? We've got, we got a handful of takers, okay. How many of you, uh, you have a habit of being a pen clicker? Got a handful of you, okay. How many of you, uh, you you've got a habit of being a, uh, a remote clicker? Like, you, you're, you're just flip, 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 flip. You, you watch like 10 things at once. Okay, we got a handful. How many of you have a habit of being a snorer? You might not raise your hand if you don't necessarily know yourself, but you, you've been told. Habits. So as, as we mentioned, uh, as we've spent time together, we've not been looking at how to get rid of annoying habits or how not to uh, annoy friends or family members or, or how to, to get along. Uh, but we certainly know we all have some not-so-great habits. What we've been looking at from the Word of God, what are the habits, what are the spiritual disciplines that will help us and guide us and grow us in our walk with God. And so uh, this is the last one. That This doesn't mean that these are the only habits to be developed, but here certainly are a, a good handful of habits that we've explored. We began the year with prayer and fasting, learning we are to pray consistently, not just when we're in, in, uh, in hot water, not just when difficulties come, but praying consistently on a regular basis, and then fast intentionally. Sometimes uh, we can go and, and get busy and we skip a meal or we, we miss and we say, oh, I guess I, I must have fasted because I didn't eat. Fasting can be a, a spiritual discipline that can help us to grow in, in our walk with God and, and that desire for more of Him, but uh, we spent some time looking at that. God's Word, getting into the Bible and reading. Read daily was a, our third time together. And so we, we challenge you, as we mentioned even earlier in our service already, Bible reading guides are available in the, in the foyer. Uh, de- devotionals are available in the foyer. All of those are free. And we've pointed you to some of the uh, digital helps. If you've got smartphones, tablets, computers, uh, the Bible app, uh, uversion.com is a great resource. Many, many Bible reading guides, many, many different Bible verses and translations and teachings and videos and uh, all of things that can help you to read daily. Fourthly, we took a look at participating faithfully. What are some things that are biblical that will help us to grow in our walk with God, as well as help us here in uh, the body of Christ, in a local church body, to be able to participate? So we looked at attending, worshiping together, welcoming others, giving, all ways that we can help participate faithfully. And then last week, we took a look at sharing our faith, sharing personally. Uh, What are some principles, biblical ways, that we can share the faith in Christ, the hope that we have, the life change that He's done in us? How can we share that with somebody else so that their lives will be changed and transformed by Him? So all of those, uh, they're all on the website, aldraag.com. If you'd like to re-listen to or check out one of those, uh, you can do so. All of those are ready for you. Uh, But today, we mentioned this is our final one. We're concluding our series, beginning a brand new study in preparation and anticipation of Easter, uh, coming up here in just a month, month and a half. So today, we look at a sixth and a final habit. Not that these are the only good habits to develop, 
but this is the end of our study together. Looking at the idea and the concept of serving, serve regularly. Serve. Uh, sometimes we think about serving as in being a, a waiter or a server. And, I, and I've done that. I, I was a server in Bible college. I, I worked in the restaurant of Holiday Inn. I started as a busboy. I was a server. I went into room service. So sometimes we think about being a servant or, or serving others. Uh, we get the idea that, like I did for many years, uh, where I, I had this tray. And, and yes, it was, as you would think, a little round tray or the sometimes the big oval trays, and uh, I can still do it, still balance it. Lefty, no. But righty, I could take that tray, go up and up and up and up on the stairs much quicker than the elevator. That's not quite the kind of serving that we're talking about. Serving is, is looking at needs that are there and then being ready to meet needs. So specifically, we're looking at uh, needs within the body of Christ, within our, our local church body, but certainly there are needs all over our area and community and state and national. How can we serve? How can we bless and, and minister to the needs of others? Now, I've heard somebody said, when it comes to kind of taking in and giving out, uh, that there's three different kinds of Christians. Uh, so I came across this. It was kind of interesting, so I thought I would share it. They put it like this. For Christians who continually take in, take in, take in, as in uh, they're, they're fed the Word of God personally or from a church setting, maybe through Bible studies or devotionals or uh, Sunday school or, or uh, church services, if we're continually taking in but we're not giving out in serving or blessing or ministering to others, here's what they said. They said that we could get potentially spiritually fat. Now, kind of some aggressive words. We don't necessarily like hearing something like that, but I want you to think about that. In the physical, if we eat but don't exercise, there's the challenge of what that can do to our physical bodies. This individual is talking about spiritually speaking. If we're someone who continues to feed on God's word, grow and grow from uh, devotionals and grow and grow from uh, Bible studies and, and Sunday schools and church services, if we're constantly fed God's word but we're not putting it into practice, the potential is there to be spiritually fat. On the flip side, he said, the challenge is for someone who continues to give and give and serve and serve and share and share, but they never take in the Word of God. If they're not studying, if they're not reading, if they're not spending time in prayer, if they're not involved in, in a lot of these spiritual disciplines that we're talking about, if they're giving, which is good, but they're not taking in, they could become spiritually faint, tired, worn out, run ragged by giving and serving and sharing, but yet not having that intake of God and his word. This individual said that the good balance, if we have a, a good intake of God and his word and, and prayer and, and, and study in those devotional times, balanced with the outgo, balanced with the serving and the ministering and the sharing and blessing others, he said, it's not fat or faint, but spiritually speaking, we would become spiritually fit. So I, I thought that was interesting. 
kind of a different way to look at it. But when it comes to ministry, when it, when it comes to sharing or serving, uh, many times uh, we might say one of a handful of things. Uh, one common thing is this. Someone else will do it. Someone else. Someone else is the most busy person in the church. You know that? Someone else. Oh, well, you know, someone else will do that. And the, the challenge can be, we might think, well, someone else will or, you know, it, it won't be me, or I'm not sure if I can. There's a, a lot of thoughts when it comes to ministering and serving. If anyone had a reason not to serve, here's a challenging thing. It would be Jesus. And for all of these different habits, when we've looked at prayer and we've looked at God's Word, we, all these different things, Jesus tends to be that model. He's that pattern. He's that example. It seems like we keep coming back, and boy, if, if there was someone who really didn't need to pray, I mean, he is the Son of God, but yet Jesus spent time in prayer. If there was someone who didn't need to do some of these things, we'd say, well, it's Jesus. Well, if there's someone who really didn't need to serve but should have other people serve him, it would be Jesus, Son of God. And yet here's what he said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. He said, for even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Jesus, the Son of God, creator of the universe, came here on earth not to kind of sit and put his feet up and say, you do stuff for me. He said, I've come to serve, to be a blessing to others. So I would submit to us that each and every one of us can and ought to serve in, in some capacity. We are able to be a minister. He said, whoa, I'm not a minister. Pastor, you're the minister. Not necessarily minister as in vocational minister, but minister, one who ministers, one who shares, one who is able to bless and meet and serve and meet those needs of other individuals. So this morning, we'll take a handful of looks at some principles. How can we put this into practice? How can we be individuals who would follow after Christ and serve regularly? First of all, I'd encourage us with this. We must discover our gifts. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 reads like this. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. It says, he has gifted us. Many times we think, well, if I'm not like this person or I'm not like that person, I probably am not able to do anything, and yet this verse of Scripture says, use whatever gift you have received. Use that gift to serve others. It doesn't say, if you have a gift, you ought to use it. It's assuming, it's affirming, you have received something. Use that to be a blessing to others. So what we're going to do is take a, just a, a few quick looks here. Under discovering our gifts, you can see some of the smaller wording there on the screen. Those are the, the five areas or categories we're going to take just a, a brief look at. 
How does God shape us? How does God form us? What are some of the ways when we say discover our gifts? We like gifts. We like birthday gifts and Christmas gifts and just because gifts, right? So we love discovering those. We love if uh, maybe if you were younger and, and your parents had you know, gifts in advance for a birthday or for Christmas, you love discovering those gifts. You know, maybe if you get those gifts out underneath the tree a week or two or more early, and they're just kind of there, and you discover them, particularly if mom or dad doesn't put names or anything on there or tries to mix you up. We love this discovery of gifts. But spiritually speaking, how do we discover the different kinds of gifts? When 1 Peter 4.10 says to use whatever gift you've received, how do I know? How do I discover some of these gifts that I've received? So first of all, here's one category that can help us out. Abilities. Abilities. They're things you can naturally do or learn to do. Maybe it's a, a physical skill. Maybe it's an intellectual strength. Some people have skills and abilities to sing on key. Some people have abilities to play instruments. They're, they're things that you've learned or, or you've been skilled or trained or taught or, or picked up along the way. I've mentioned a couple of times over uh, the, the ministry and time here, I was trained and have been skilled and learned, took lessons to play the saxophone. When I hit fifth grade, uh, one of my brothers had a saxophone. It was given to him. He played for like a year or two, gave it up, and continued uh, just to carry it around. He said, if, if you learn the saxophone, he said, I'll give the saxophone to you. So in fifth grade, I took lessons. I learned in school. And fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I played the alto saxophone in school. I chose not to do high school. I uh, didn't really want to do marching band or concert or all the other bands. But from middle school on, I began playing the saxophone in my church worship team. I played the saxophone through middle school, high school, college, and full-time ministry. I played in churches of about 100, up to the, the church that I attended in Bible college was in the multiple thousands. That's what I had been trained and, and skilled, and I had learned how to play that. On the flip side, in my very first place of ministry as a youth pastor in Galleon, within the first handful of months, I had my saxophone, my alto saxophone on a Sunday night, ready to go for worship. It was a handful of minutes before the service was about to start. My pastor looks around and says, our drummer's not here tonight. Pastor Mark, you're playing drums. I thought he was joking. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was kind of a spontaneous. Uh, some of you have met him. He, he came here a number of years ago. I said, yeah, I thought I was joking. I said, well, I got my saxophone here. I'm ready to go. He's like, no, our drummer's not here. You're playing tonight. So then I went into rationalizing. I said, pastor, I don't know how to play the drums. I've been trained. I've been taught. I've, I've taken lessons on the saxophone. I have never, ever sat down at a drum set. 
The only drums I've played are air drums when I listen to my Christian cassette tapes and my Walkman. It's like, ah, I said, Pastor Mark, you'll be fine. So I was obedient. I took my saxophone off. I put it down. I sat down at a drum set, picked up some drum sticks, and we had worship. Thankfully, I don't, uh, the Lord hasn't... Uh, Allowed me to remember really much of that night, but it must have went okay. I mean, I don't think it was a train wreck. Somehow we got through it, and I thought, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm back to my, my saxophone. A few months later, the exact same thing. This was from our drummer who never missed. Missed twice in several months. Well, I'd already done it once before. So pastor with his smile, he said, looks like you're on the drums again. Took my saxophone off, played the drums, made my way through it. And determined, you know, if this happens a third, a third time, I, I've got to be ready. So I would go in the sanctuary and I'd put on some Christian praise and worship CDs and sit down behind the drums and pray and say, all right, God, help me to play what I hear. Never had lessons. Don't know what to do. But somehow I've done it twice already. And if there's a third time, I at least need to be a little more comfortable. That's been almost 25 years. And I still have never had one drum lesson. Yet somehow, in the providence of God, my pastor throwing me onto the drum set for fun, probably, has resulted in some pretty helpful times as I became the instant backup drummer for the church. I became the instant youth worship band drummer as we formed the team. And what was even funnier is I began then training some of the young men who would come up who wanted to play the drums. I, who had never had any lessons, began training somebody else who had never had any lessons how to play drums. So I've played worship in our youth ministry teams, all three different churches that I've been in. And in fact, over these last 20 plus years, I've played drums almost every week. And you probably know it's been years and years and years since I've really taking that saxophone out. Some of that's just because of the need that's there. But when it comes to abilities, there's a mix. You've got gifts. You've got talents. You've got abilities. Maybe you do sing. Maybe you do play an instrument. Maybe you're you're gifted and talented at studying and presenting and and speaking in front of a group, teaching another group of, of adults or young adults or kids. There's things that you've already learned And there's other things that maybe you can learn, but our abilities are are such that we've we've been blessed. You've been gifted in different ways. If you look across the sanctuary, we're not all the same. And so there's a lot of different abilities that are here. Abilities help us figure out the what question. What am I supposed to do when it comes to serving? Well, if if you've got some abilities... That might be a a good first fit or maybe a good first clue at some areas that maybe God would use you in using those gifts. So abilities are one way. Secondly, spiritual gifts. Abilities are those things we have naturally or that we can learn naturally. But the Bible also talks about spiritual gifts. Several different passages, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. These are different gifts or abilities that God gifts, that God gives to the Christian. Spiritual gifts. 
And so there are some individuals that, that God has blessed or that God has used in different ways. Uh, not everyone has you know, all of these gifts, uh, certainly teaching, administration. Some of those are, are gifts that God gives, but there's other gifts mentioned in Scripture. Prophecy, healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues and, and services. We don't earn them. We don't learn them. You, you don't go to a class to say, okay, after five weeks, I'm going to know how to heal everybody I see. That, that's a gift that God gives. And so certainly there's abilities, natural things that, that we're able to do, natural things we're able to pick up and learn. But then there's also spiritual gifts that the Word of God talks about. There's no right or wrong spiritual gifts. Well, I don't have the gift like this person does. We're all gifted in different ways. So there's not this right one that says, well, this person's the right gifting of gifts. This person is the wrong gifting. But we are blessed with spiritual gifts for a reason, for a purpose. God gifts them to be able to help us to bless, to serve, to minister to others. So those spiritual gifts, kind of like the abilities, they help us answer that what. What are some of the things that I would be a part of in ministry when it comes to serving? Third, let's look at our heart. God shapes us and forms us differently with our abilities, with our spiritual gifts, but with our heart. You might say passion. You might say motivation. What are you interested in? What do you get excited about? God can use those passions and interests and, and motivations even to use that to help him be a blessing. Sports, shopping, cooking, all kinds of different interests, passions, excitement, but God can use some of those interests and skills and, and abilities and, and the, the passion or motivation to be able to use them for God's glory and God's honor. Some of those might help us with the where. Where might God use some of those gifts, interests in ministry? How about personality? Everybody take a look around. But no laughing out loud. All right? Personality. There's a lot of different kinds of personalities, right? There's big and bold and, and outgoing personalities. There's a little more shy, quiet, reserved personalities. God's made you and I just the way we are. Some are more extroverts and, man, just love being around people. Some are more introverts and oh, I want to try to get away from people. All different kinds of opportunities that God-given personality of, of who we are, the interest, the, those passions, God has placed that within us. Some that are more quiet and reserved, they're just not going to be that bold, out front of everybody kind of person and their personality. That personality will affect and impact how it is that we serve and bless and minister. For instance, if you've got different individuals and there's this heart for the lost, there's a heart for the lost to come to know Jesus Christ, witnessing, sharing your faith, sharing your hope in Jesus Christ. An introvert might be one more interested in kind of that, that person to person. Share your faith with a friend, share your, uh, the, the message of Jesus Christ kind of one on one. That extrovert, that bold, dynamic personality. They might say, hey, 
Give me a microphone, uh, you know, put me on uh, in front of a stage, or you know what, let's go out on the streets and let me just preach to the streets to everybody passing by. To the other person, that seems crazy. To the introvert, they would say, I would never go out street witnessing. Scary. To the big, bold person, one-on-one, scary. So sometimes it's a matter of our our personalities as God shapes and forms us, and that gives ideas on the how. How do we minister? How do we share? How do we get involved in in ministering and blessing others? And finally, there's, there's abilities, there's spiritual gifts, there's our heart or passion, there's our personality, but there's experiences how many of you take a look back at your life and realize some of the stuff you've been through has been pretty tough? And you weren't real excited to go through that, but as a result, you've looked at some of the challenges of your past and you see God's kind of shaped you to use some of that past to help and be a blessing to others in the present. Experiences. God can shape and use your past, the experiences that you've been through, and use you to be a blessing to other individuals. It makes you unique from marriage to kids, illness, education, job, training, death of a loved one. All of those can kind of shape and impact us in how we are able to minister. Early on in ministry, I helped my pastor. Yes, the one who threw me on the drum set. He always had me help out in funerals. It typically was to read the obituary and maybe to to stand by the casket with a box of Kleenexes. I've carried that that tradition on for decades now. I hold the box of Kleenexes. So that was pretty much my involvement. Every so often, maybe I'd I'd sing a hymn, a couple times maybe read some scriptures, but very limited opportunity when it comes to funerals and at that point I, I really hadn't lost anyone really close i had sort of blessed sort of fortunate i I'd lost a grandmother who has always been multiple states away and i saw her just maybe a couple of times in my lifetime 2002 almost 17 years ago that changed for me like maybe it's changed for you i lost my dad 17 years ago dad was 70 Most of you know I'm the the oops baby. I had four teenage siblings, and then I come along. So mom and dad were older than the the standard average aged parent. Dad passed away, and now funerals carried a, a little different feel because I knew what it was like to go through not just a funeral service, not just somebody who I had seen in the church for a couple years, not just somebody I'd seen in the community for a few years, but now it was personal. This was my dad. This was my life. I knew that hurt, and I knew that, that emptiness and that hole. I, I knew all of those things that I experienced, and then I also experienced the mighty power of a loving Heavenly Father And God worked in the midst of that. And so funeral services after that have been different. It certainly does not make me an expert in loss, but it gives some experiences that I know what it's like to lose somebody close. 
It's helpful to identify a little bit more, share a little bit more. Your life, your experiences, probably pretty varied. You've had a lot of some, some good, some, some powerful mountaintop highs. Wow, this is great. Look at what's happened in life. You probably also had some of those lows. Man, I can't believe I've gone through that in life. In the midst of the highs and the lows, the, the mountaintops and the valleys, God's brought you through some incredible experiences. And as a result, God's able to use some of those experiences to be a blessing to others. Some of the things that but you were certainly hoping never to have to go through, but you found God was with you even in the midst of the difficulty. You can be a great source of strength and comfort and encouragement to somebody else in a similar situation. That's being a blessing. That's ministering, serving others. Yes, some of those experiences are enjoyable. Many of those can be painful. But God can use those and use you and I to be a blessing to others. In some cases, they help with the who question. Well, who am I able to minister to? When you've been through certain situations, it helps you to maybe be mindful of those who have gone through the similar situations and be able to speak into their life. So, First of all, I'd encourage us to discover our gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, we have received. Whatever gift it is, whatever ability, whatever uh, spiritual gift, whatever heart and personality or experiences that you've gone through, God has blessed and gifted you in certain ways, so use that. Whatever it is, use that to get involved and to help and to serve others. Secondly, not just discover our gifts, but get equipped to serve. Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12 says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Certainly there are individuals God gives and, and God anoints or blesses in specific areas of ministry. But each of these areas are done, why? To help prepare others, preparing God's people for works of service. That's our heart. We want to help and equip and release you to get involved in ministry, service, blessing others. Certainly we can demonstrate opportunities. We can train and equip, come alongside and release. Where have you perhaps been gifted? Where, what are some of the things that maybe God has kind of created and shaped and formed you? We want to help guide and steward and oversee and release into ministry to others, whether that's here in our local body, out in the community and beyond. It's our choice to serve. But I believe each one of us have the opportunity and each one of us have the capacity to serve. Jeremy Bentham was the founder of London's University College. When he died in 1832, according to his instructions, his skeleton was reconstructed, he was given a wax head, dressed in his best suit, and put in a glass case in the meeting room of the college's board of governors. Let's just stop right there. How many of you think that would be kind of freaky? You know, dead guy, reconstructed, 
put in this glass case in like the board meeting room. Apparently that, that, was, that was his wishes. He's the founder of this college, right? So for many years, this deceased man's body attended every meeting of the board, and it was always written into the minutes. You, you know, you, you keep track of meetings, official meetings, always described in the minutes as present but not voting. How odd is that? I mean, if he's dead, he's not really present, but because what was left of him was there, present but not voting. Sometimes when it comes into the body of Christ, we can be present but not serving. Present but not getting involved in using how God has gifted us to serve. We've all been blessed with gifts. Look around. There, there's individuals and you say, well, I don't have the gifts that they have. I don't have the talents or abilities that they have. You're probably right. But they're probably saying the same thing about you. Well, I can't do what he does. I, I can't do what she does. They might be saying the exact same thing. Because we've been gifted. According to 1 Peter, we have gifts. God has blessed us in many different ways. I encourage us. Discover them, get equipped, and then use them for God and for His glory. Finally, this morning, I challenge us to develop a servant's heart. Here's what Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7 read Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. I mean, time and time again, we look to Jesus as our model, as our pattern, as our example. When we were looking at prayer, we saw Jesus. He went off by himself to pray. He got up early and prayed. He, he set the standard. He, he set an example of prayer time and, and spending time with the Father. When we looked at serving and ministering and blessing others, he didn't come so that others could serve him. He said, I've come to give my life and to serve others. And when it comes to attitude when it comes to the heart of serving he says he made himself nothing taking on the very nature of a servant it's not just something that you do but it's it's how we do what we do servanthood is is really kind of how that takes place in our heart how do we serve so I, I encourage you however it is that you've been gifted in, in all of these different areas, all of these abilities, all of these things that we've talked about, to get plugged in, to get connected, to serve and use those for God. But as we do, as you do, let's do so with the right heart, the servant's heart. Because how many of you know, not everybody can do the exact same thing. And so if somebody else is doing something that you want to do, let's not pout, let's not move away. Let's have the, the servant's heart and attitude that says, okay, maybe there's something else that I can do, or maybe I've got an opportunity to do that as well. 
but wherever I can serve the body of Christ, whatever I can do for the Lord, whatever I can do for the body, whatever I can do to help him be a blessing to others, let's have that right heart and that right attitude, that right servant spirit. See, we've got to be careful not to mistake prominence for importance. In other words, what's most visible, many times people think is most important. So certainly there are some areas and and avenues of ministry that are very visible. But there's also some areas of ministry that's not so visible. Preaching on a Sunday morning is is a, a very visible opportunity. Maybe worship on a Sunday morning or teaching a class, something that's up front, sometimes can be very visible. But don't don't misunderstand and think only the visible are the significant. Don't think that only the visible opportunities in ministry are the important. Because there's also some of those behind-the-scenes things which are super important. A lot of people might not see as much as the visible, but there's incredible significance. Also, be careful not to mistake anonymity for insignificance. In other words, what's not seen is not important. Sometimes that's the thought. Well, if I'm going to do something for God, I want to make sure that people see me. Certainly there are, there are a lot of areas of ministry that are very visible, that are very necessary and worthwhile. But there's also some things that are necessary and worthwhile that sometimes are behind the scenes. So let's, let's not mistake kind of upfront ministry with significant and, and behind the scenes ministry as not significant. Think about our, our bodies. My arms, my legs, pretty visible. I count on them quite a bit. I use these a lot, particularly when I preach. You know that. I use these quite a bit. Down here, up here, down here, down here, up there, over there. They're very visible. If something happened to my arms, if something happened to my legs, I can't move, I can't walk, I can't motion, boy, that would really hinder some of the the visible things I'm able to do. But could I function without arms? Could I function without legs? You've seen some incredible individuals without an arm or multiple arms, without a leg or, or multiple legs, doing some incredible things for God. So they're very visible, yet you can continue. Now, there's a whole lot of things inside of me you can't see, one of which is beating 60, 70, who knows how many times, per minute. Watch this. Take your pulse. Yeah. 60, 70 times, right? I'm talking about my heart. You can't see my heart, but yet if that stopped, if I had issues with my heart, something you can't see, I would not function. I would not be able to live. So let's not confuse kind of the visible with importance and unseen as unimportant. When it comes to ministry, when it comes to serving others and and blessing, and certainly in the context of a local church, same thing. It's not just about what's visible that's important. It's it's all important. Be willing to have that that servant's heart to step in, to serve, to share, to minister, to, to be a blessing. 
wherever that place of ministry might be, wherever maybe you've been kind of shaped and formed by God to get involved. John Wesley had this powerful quote, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. He's saying, use what God has given you. Use how you've been shaped and formed by God, the gifts that he's given to be a blessing to others. Your family and your area and your community, church body around the world. Here's my closing questions for you. Will you be willing to seek to discover your gifts? To discover how you've been shaped and formed and, and, and some of those interests and desires? Will you get equipped to get involved and to serve and be a blessing to others? And as you do those things, will you develop a servant's heart? I trust and pray that we all will do that.